Joe Biden becomes the 46th president of the United States, and Kamala Harris becomes the first female vice president. Yay. Biden goes on to sign 17 executive orders. We'll show, we'll, we shall go over them, and then we'll talk about what they all have in common. Finally, we can expect the hard-hitting questioning of the Biden administration by the press. Tough queries like this one. Uh, will he keep Donald Trump's Air Force One color scheme change? This is such a good question. I have not had the opportunity to dig into that today, um, given the number of executive actions, orders, the inauguration, a few things happening. Um, I will venture to get you an answer on that, and maybe we can talk about it in here tomorrow. <sighs> Jesus Christ. It's going to be a long four years. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Welcome back. Uh, one piece of advice I want to give all of you. If you can avoid it, do not get a divorce, because it's going to hunt you forever. It just never ends. But... Uh, I finally have some relief. I have light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I'm going to be paying through the nose for the next six years. But that's what has to happen. It's what has to happen. Oh, my gosh. i got to give Dave a call tonight so I can sit there and talk to him about it. Because, ugh, what a week. But it's almost over. At least there's something. So let's let the disaster begin. Let's go over a bunch of the executive orders. On Wednesday, uh, January 20th, uh, Biden was inaugurated, became the 46th president of the United States, ugh. and uh, Kamala Harris became a vice president. Ugh, uh, that's worse. But uh, Biden decided to you know, call for unity and love and peace and joy and all that crap, and then he um, proceeded to sign 17 executive orders, that throws all that unity bullshit right into the garbage heap. So let's go over some of his executive orders, okay? And by the way, I didn't listen. I didn't see it. I was in court that day. I didn't. I I heard that Chris Wallace fawned over Joe Biden's uh, inauguration speech. I'm sure. Uh, what a shock! I can't believe that he's that Chris Wallace is still on freaking Fox News. But it is what it is. So let, let's let's look at some of let's look at his uh, some of his most of his um, uh, executive orders that he signed that afternoon on Wednesday. The first is a sex gender discrimination discrimination order. So this order states, "Quote: Every person should be treated with respect and dignity, and should be able to live without fear, no matter who they are or whom they love." Children should be able to learn without worrying about whether they will be denied access to the restroom, the locker room, or school sports. Adults should be able to earn a living and pursue a vocation knowing that they will not be fired, demoted, or mistreated because of whom they go home to or because how they dress does not conform to sex-based stereotypes. People should be able to access health care and secure a roof over their heads without being subjected to sex discrimination. Or all persons should receive equal treatment under the law, no matter their gender identity or sexual orientation. This is such a freaking stupid, and it's more of an effing stupid statement I have ever 
red. Okay. Uh, everybody should be treated with respect and dignity. Respect and dignity is not a thing. Okay, you're, you're treated with respect and dignity based off whether you earned respect or dignity. Children should be able to learn without worrying about whether they will be denied access to a restroom, the locker room, or school sports. I'm sorry, are children denied the use of a restroom, uh, a locker room, or a school sport? I don't think so. They have access to all of that stuff. So this is another crap thing. Adults should be able to earn a living and pursue a vocation knowing that they will not be fired, demoted, or mistreated because of whom they go home to or because they dress. Uh, they dress does not... Con that's what it says. They dress does not conform to the sex-based stereotypes. It's already illegal. You can't stereotype based on how they dress. Uh, so that's not even a thing. People should be able to access health care, secure a roof over their heads without being subjected to sex discrimination. They can get health care. It doesn't matter what your sex is. And as far as being able to buy a house, uh, the housing market is lower than it's ever been. And um, people can go in and get houses or anything they want. They, they do not have to worry about that. Money is money, folks. And money talks and BS walks. And that's exactly what happens. People don't care. All persons should receive equal treatment under the law, no matter their... Yes, you should be treated equally under the law. We all agree with that. And here's a newsflash. People are. That is a that is a BS statement from the left that says that people are not treated equally on the under the law. But what does this executive order actually do? It now brings in transgenders. And... The reality is, it contradicts itself all over the place. Boys can walk into a girl's restroom. That's what it's basically saying. Not that you don't have access to the restroom, but you should have access to the restroom you want to go into, based on how you feel at that particular moment. What a load of shit. You know, here's a story. You know, when I take a dump in the men's restroom, I do not want a girl sitting next to me. You know why? My dump is horrid. And I don't want a girl sitting next to me in a stall taking a dump next to me. Do you know why? Because her dump is probably horrid and it will ruin me for the rest of my childhood. It, it, it is a stupid thing. Girls do not want to take dumps or pee in front of boys. And boys do not want to pee or take a dump in front of girls. It's called privacy. They don't want to do that. This also means, so I, 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 I personally think it's like biological males are not allowed to go to restrooms. That's not what, that's not the thing. That's not a thing. Biological males can go into restrooms. They just have to go into boys' restrooms. And girls do not want boys in the girls' restrooms. And by the way, if I were a teenager and I'm really aggressive, and I'm really got a lot of, I don't know, testosterone pumping, I'll sit there and say I'm a girl today and walk into the girls' restroom just so I can see girl, naked girls. This is not a good thing. This is a bad thing. And I know that I, I, I know girls who are in uh, high school, and they already do this in high schools. They do this in high schools in California. And the girls refuse to go into the girls' restroom because there are boys in the girls' restroom. 
because the schools allow it. And we tell them, don't go into the girls' restroom when there's a boy in the girls' restroom. This is not going to be a good thing. This is, this is opening. Target did this for a while. Target actually said, let's open the restrooms to men and women and blah, blah, blah. And guess what? Literally two weeks later, a woman was sexually assaulted by a man who said he was a woman. This is, no good things are going to come out of this. What else does this, this uh, executive action do? Biological males can now compete with, with, in girls' or women's sports. So much for feminism. So now, biological male, whether he has a penis or not, he's still a biological male. And this is where I, 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 this is where I will not accept the concept of men can be women and women can be men or changing the definitions of men and women. I, I will not accept that. This is egregious. Boys are already competing in girls' sports and winning. You know why? Because they're men. They're built differently, different uh, skeletal structures, different muscle structures, more testosterone. I don't care how much estrogen you're injecting into yourself. You're still a man. DNA says you are a man. Science says, you are a man, you are not a girl. So much for feminism, right? Another thing this basically says is, people who are hired based on their gender, for example, you're a stripper in a male nightclub, or you're a girl who goes to Hooters, can suddenly change their gender, and they can't be fired. So if you're going to a, 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 a gentleman's club or you're going to Hooters because you're a sexist male, misogynist, which we are, um, to see the pretty women, suddenly you've got some chick that decides to be a man and they can't fire her. Even though the reason she was actually hired was because she was a good-looking woman. Does that make sense? So... This is, this is something we're going to do. So who wins with this executive order? Who wins? Men. Well, men who think or call themselves women. Women lose. The second um, executive, executive order he signed is the ability for the United States to get back into the Paris Climate Accord. This is another disaster. Some of the problems with this accord are as follows. This requires the United States to lower its CO2 standards. <coughs> While developing countries do not need to lower their standards within the length of time of the accord. And the accord, I think, goes to about 2035. Somewhere around there. Now, here's what's really bizarre. Developing countries include China, include India, which I would say India is probably a developing country, but they've got some real social issues. The United States must give money to those developing countries. So because the United States is not considered a developing country, not only do we have to lower our CO2 emissions, which we've already lowered by something like 20, 10, 15%. We have to give countries like China 
money to to be able to develop to the point that they can actually lower their emissions. And China, by the way, is exceeding CO2 emissions well beyond any country in the world, including the United States. The United States is like eight or nine when it comes to CO2 emissions. Now, don't quote me on that. I, it's, I haven't seen the recent statistics, but I know our CO2 emissions in the United States have been dropping. Meanwhile, China's has been going up. So what does this mean? It means that the cost of energy like gas and electricity in the United States is going to go straight up. As a matter of fact, the cost for a four-family, a four-member family in the United States between taxes and energy costs could cost an additional $20,000 a year. This will cost jobs because energy companies are going to be so regulated, layoffs have to occur. And these companies that sit back and say, we do green stuff, they're going to get more money, more kickbacks, and they usually fail. Heritage Foundation senior advisor Mike Howell wrote in on the Heritage website, <coughs> that will be cheered by environmental alarmists and those who envision the world with the United States subservient to international organizations as their preferred model. The Paris Agreement was, and always has been, a sham. And it's an expensive sham for Americans projected to cost 400,000 jobs, an average income loss of more than $20,000 for families of four, and $2.5 trillion hit on the national gross domestic product. It, it, it's terrible. So who wins here? China. They are already the greatest CO2 polluters in the world by a lot. The United States, on the other hand, has dropped its CO2 production in the last 10 years. So this is not a good thing. And looking at it, and actually the heritagefoundation.com has a great breakdown of how the Paris Climate Accord works. It, but it's just nothing here is good. Um, Biden has also axed the Keystone XL pipeline, an energy project that was beneficial for the United States and Canada. It also just triggered Canada. They're flipping out. Even Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said he was extremely disappointed with this decision. The mayor of Alberta, Canada, which is a territory in, in Canada, has said that he's probably going to um, file a lawsuit against the United States for breach of contract, which no one really cares about because it doesn't really matter. So what the Keystone Pipeline does is it ships oil from Canada, specifically, I think uh, Alberta is definitely one, Saskatchewan I think is the other, and the pipeline goes into the United States. The pipeline then separates to the different oil refineries within the United States all the way to the southern Gulf Coast. The um, oil is then refined into whatever it needs to be refined into and then distributed. The basic premise of the Keystone Pipeline is to 
make the United States and Canada and energy independent from the Middle East and the Russia and Russia. Um, some major issues, 65,000 people are actually working on this program. Because Joe Biden decided to eliminate the uh, permit, those jobs are gone. We achieved, in, and because of this pipeline and because work towards the pipeline, we achieved energy independence from the Middle East and other oil-producing countries like Russia last year. That's gone. Prepare for gas and energy hikes to go up. That includes electricity, uh, gas, um, uh, fuel. Anyone prepared for, to pay $5 a gallon for gas? Because that's what's going to end up happening. Here we go. Back to depending on OPEC and Russia for oil. Winners, the Middle East and Russia, who we needed to go away from. Now, another thing that Biden did, another th deal, is this year... Uh, Trump created something called the 1776 Commission. And that commission uh, was to counter the flawed project by the New York Times called the 1619 Project. And the idea with the 1776 com uh, Commission was to promote the patriotism for the United States. The Declaration of Independence was not a racist document. The Constitution was not a racist document. Meanwhile, the left has said that these documents are racist. The 1619 Project came out and is now being pushed into schools today. Hey, I got news for you. The best way you're going to be able to um, teach your kids is to pull them out of schools and really educate kids. Because 1619 was not the terror slavery thing that it was meant to be. The blacks that were brought in, and there were like, I think, 500 of them, maybe is between 50 and 500. I'm not sure how many. They were indentured servants. A lot of those blacks that were brought over, Africans in this case, that were actually brought over, ended up being freed in 10 years and actually ended up owning land. That's something the 1619 Project doesn't talk about. Victor David Hansen, who I love, he is actually on um, Fox News all the time, a very intellectual guy, he said about this, about the 1619 Project, quote, the unanimously approved conclusions focused on the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, the historical challenges of these founding documents, and the need for civic renewal. The 16-member commission was diverse in the widest sense of the word. It included historians, lawyers, academics, scholars, authors, former elected officials, and former public servants. Now, the question is, did they have a lesbian, a gay man, a transgender, a black man, a Hispanic man, a, I, I don't know, they a woman, straight woman, you know, no white men. I, I don't know if it had that, but maybe that's, uh, Victor Davis Hanson, when he talks about diverse, he talks about diverse as far as academics, as far as, understanding as far as intellect. I, I don't know if there was a transgender guy there. I, I have no idea. So anyway, continue. 
Whether because the report was issued by Donald Trump appointed commission or because the conclusions questioned the controversial and flawed New York Times response to the 1619 project, the left almost immediately criticized it. Now, mind you, um, the 1619 project was extremely flawed. Historians sat back and said, no, this is a lie. This is not true. This is not true. This is not true. The 1619 Project was, the, the New York Times actually had to go in and set up um, uh, apologies for parts of the 1619 Project. But that's not stopping schools from accepting the 1619 Project. So they're accepting this, whether it's history or not. This is revisionist history. I continue. What, or no, that's, that's fine. We are going to go over the uh, 1776 Commission Report versus the 1619 Project in a future um, a podcast. And that future podcast will be next week because I'm sure we're not going to have that much news because if you didn't hear the uh, questions that Joe Biden's uh, press secretary is being asked, you know that no one, there's going to be no news here uh, because these people just don't care. The 1619 Project is to make the United States look evil. The 1776 uh, Commission Report does not remove the sins of the United States, the sins of slavery, Jim Crow, um, the uh, women's suffrage, the locking up of Japanese during World War II, the internment of Japanese, it does not go through that. But it shows how the document from 1619, a document from 1776, really pushed us towards what was right. We ended slavery. We had women's suffrage and women could vote. We ended the uh, internment of the Japanese during World War II. We ended Jim Crow in 1964. We did all this because it was evil. We knew it was evil. We knew slavery was evil in the 1600s. We just needed to keep the country together. So we're going to talk about the two, and I'm going to make comparisons on the two. Uh, I'm basically, the 1619 Project is kind of long. I'm probably going to take the teacher's edition of how to teach the 1619 Project in schools and compare it to the 1776 Commission Report. But we're going to do this. So who wins here? The left. The left wins. The rest of the world wins because the United States is made to look evil. And this is a bad thing for the United States. Another executive order is that uh, uh, Biden issued an executive order to end the Trump quote, Muslim ban, end quote. Well, Trump's travel ban, which Trump called it a travel ban, so I'm going to accept it, was actually not really a Muslim ban. It was a terrorist ban ban that included non-Muslim countries like Venezuela and North Korea. And do you realize in the last four years, we haven't had a foreign terrorist action or a lot of foreign terrorist actions in the United States because we eliminated countries like Sudan, um, uh, Iran. You know, we, we got rid of those countries. Well, be prepared. 
there's probably going to be one or two terrorist attacks in the United States. Winners? Foreign terrorists. Of course, according to the, according to the press, the only terrorists in the world are actually domestic American terrorists, and they're all from the alt-right. Well, they're not really from the alt-right. They're from the right. Well, they're not necessarily from the right. They're conservatives. Now, they're not necessarily conservatives. They're Republicans. So, you can tell where this is going to go. So, Muslim terrorists, congratulations. Be prepared to see a lot of ISIS folks get visas and come over to the country. He also sat back and increased the number of visas that uh, the Justice Department can allow or the um, Homeland Security can allow. That's awesome. Because nothing we need during a pandemic where we have probably about 8%, between 75 and 8% um, unemployment, let's just bring in more people to suck up our jobs. <coughs> Good job. Good job, Joe Biden. Yes, he really cares about the United States. Biden also issued a bunch of executive orders on immigration. Uh, besides ending the travel ban, he stopped construction of the border wall because walls don't work. By the way, uh, what did they do to surround the White House when they thought that terrorists would actually come into the come into Congress and the White House to overtake the government? And they threw up two walls. And now those walls around the White House and around Congress, they're expected to be there permanently. I thought walls didn't work. Stop deportations except for those of the most violent criminals. So now and I, this shouldn't be a shock. I mean, we're letting criminals go left and right right now. So, and by the way, if you're an illegal alien, you are a criminal. You are a criminal simply by being in this country. Well, now you're not a criminal anymore. And he's even pushed it so that, well, we got to make a law that makes all 11 to 20 million illegal aliens U.S. citizens. That Josie is going to love hearing that because she is actually a legal resident in this country and she had to wait years to become a legal resident of this country and now she waited years for nothing. All she had to do is jump over the border and wait till Joe Biden became president or Barack Obama became president. And yay. Her family, there's a, a couple, few people in her family that had issues in this country and had to go be deported back, have been waiting patiently to get legal residence in the United States. This is what people don't understand. Um, the United States is very open to having immigrants in the United States. You just have to wait your turn. Now, they did things that were bad and they got sent back, but the United States still will take them back in. And I'm, I'm totally open to that. That's great. But, you know, hey, forget it. A guy who jumps over the Rio Grande has just as much rights as someone who waits legally to come into this country. So that's kind of awesome. Stop immigration enforcement within the United States. What that means is we're not even going to look for illegal immigrants. We're just going to let them go. And if they commit a murder, well, then we'll send them over then. That's absolutely awesome. Provide protections for DACA recipients. I don't necessarily mind this one. Uh, Joe, my, my fiance does. She doesn't like this one at all. She thinks it doesn't matter. If you're not legally here, you shouldn't be legally here. 
But DACA recipients, you've probably been here 15, 20 years. You know nothing about Mexico. You didn't come here on your own volition. So I don't necessarily mind this. But it depends who you talk to. I'm not a legal resident. I'm a born citizen of the United States. Josie is a legal resident of the United States, and she's completely against DACA. So we'll see. Um, allow citizen non-citizens to be counted in the census. This is disgusting. This is absolutely disgusting. And it's disgusting because non-residents should not be represented in the House of Representatives, period. And that's exactly what this is, means to do. So how, how bad is this? This is a step from allowing illegal residents or non-citizens from voting in our elections. That's where this is heading. I think this is disgusting. I think this is terrible. And I think when, and this is a problem I, I had with Trump. This should have been something Trump handled in his first two years in office. I mean, he did a lot in his first two years of office. But this should have been handled in his first two years of office because I don't see how our voting in the future and I don't see how the listed representatives, for example, California, 135,000 people left California this year or in 2020, just in 2020. But California has so many illegal aliens that now you can count illegal aliens. They're not going to lose any representatives. I don't think. So who are the winners here? Besides the fact that uh, uh, Americans lose jobs, the big losers are the Americans because Americans are going to lose their jobs or Americans now have to compete with between 11 and 20 million people. Plus, they have, I mean, we've got a caravan coming up from Honduras right now that are just going to expect to walk right over the border. Who are the winners? Mexico, Honduras, Guatemala, and El Salvador. Even the Mexican president is saying, make everyone who's illegal in America legal. I'm sorry. This is, the United States is going to lose big this time. I remember in the first two years of Trump's presidency, he had to somehow quell the migration from Mexico, Honduras, Guatemala, and El Salvador. 100,000 people a month were crossing the border. We're going to have that again. And a lot of the things that Biden's talking about has already been tried under the Obama administration and even tried under the Reagan administration, and it failed. CNN, another thing uh, on, the, um, on the COVID front is that Biden has launched a 100-day mask mandate that requires people to wear masks on federal policy uh, uh, property. Okay. First off, um, that's great. And by the way, that's his big COVID thing is you got to wear masks. Well, here's the problem. There's absolutely no evidence masks work. As a matter of fact, there's some evidence that masks are actually quite ineffective. I think there's a, a the only study is, I believe it's from Sweden or Switzerland or one of those countries that said there's no evidence that masking actually does anything. And taking a look at the fact that most people in the United States actually wear masks and seeing the spike that we have, um, it doesn't seem to be working. So, you know, hey, that's me. I, I wear a mask. You should wear a mask. Um, but I am kind of doubting that masking actually works 
much. Now, wait, wait for it. Now they're talking about double masking where we wear two masks. Yeah, that's not going to happen. I'm not going to wear two masks. But if I have to travel by train or plane, I do wear a mask. I, I do. And it's out of respect for that business that wants to keep open. So I will wear a mask. But what really pisses me off is that that same day that Biden signed the mask mandate, he's walking around, around the Lincoln Memorial without a mask. Lincoln Memorial's federal property. I'm sure you've heard that before. But uh, this is the stupidity of Joe Biden. Uh, Biden also stopped the U.S. from withdrawing from the World Health Organization. That's awesome. We The reason we decided to leave the World Health Organization and giving them $500 million a year is because they lied to us. They promoted Chinese propaganda. They kept saying how China was doing so great with COVID while China is sending COVID-infected patients throughout the world. Uh, I don't see why we're even... You dealing with the World Health Organization, much living, much less giving them five hundred million dollars when China is giving them thirty million dollars, and yet the WHO is pushing Chinese propaganda. But okay, there it is. Biden also signed a law that uh, extends a pause on student loan payments and a moratorium on evictions and foreclosures until at least March 31st. There is thought that there is has been um, thought that this could go all the way till September. Okay, I mean, I kind of understand that, but here's the problem. What about the guy that owns the apartment building or owns the house that these people are working on? What's going to happen then when the people actually get their building foreclosed on? They're not getting any support from the United States government, thanks to Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. So what's going to happen to them? Finally, um, and this I find stupid, from the Daily from uh, the Daily Wire, CNN added that Biden also signed an executive order that requires executive branch appointees to sign an ethics pledge barring them from acting in personal interest and requiring them to uphold the independence of the Department of Justice. The order comes as Biden's son, Hunter Biden, is under federal criminal investigation over the business, over his business dealings. So an ethics pledge. The President of the United States has shown us, the current President of the United States, Joe Biden, sleepy, creepy Joe, has shown us he has no ethics. He's going to make people under the Obama administration, known for lying and stuff, that suddenly they need to sign an ethics pledge and be ethical. Yeah, I'll believe that when I want to see it. I know in four years when Biden is actually kicked out, um... What'll end up happening is that ethic pledge will not mean shit, um, and Biden will not have any, any um, problems in his presidency or Kamala Harris, whoever's the president in six months. They will have no scandals, just like Obama never had a scandal in his presidency, which is absolutely asinine. He had he had at least two scandals every year of his presidency, but. You can guarantee that, oh, well, he signed an ethics pledge. So, if you're like me, 
You might be getting sick and tired of hearing about this January 6th attack riot on the uh, Congress. Remember that? Bunch of right-winging crazy people usually living in their basements with moms. Uh, We hear about this every day, all day. Well, police officers in Portland, Oregon made eight arrests on January 20th as agitators smashed windows and vandalized the offices of the state's Democratic Party during rioting that took place just hours after the inauguration of Joe Biden. This is from Epic, the Epic Times. Police officers in Portland, at least 150 people, some of whom were seen carrying the flag of the far-left anarcho-communist group Antifa. By the way, that's a contradiction. You can't be an anarchist and a communist because one's a tyrannical government, one believes in complete freedom. So it just shows you how stupid Antifa is. Gathered and participated in events punctuated by violence and destruction that began with two hours after Biden took the oath of office to become the 46th president of the United States, according to the Portland Police Bureau. The crowd, mainly dressed in Antifa characteristic black, first gathered at the Revolution Hall in East Portland, where they were met by police officers on bikes. They then marched to the Democratic Party. What they don't say about the police... Uh, that they marched on police on bikes. They actually assaulted those police officers. They had to get off their bikes and they had to run. They then marched to the Democratic Party headquarters and began smashing windows, applying graffiti, and later moving dumpsters in the street, lighting the contents on fire, police said in a statement. What they don't mention here also is that they um, actually broke windows and tried to burn down a federal building. Uh, They destroyed a Starbucks They destroyed several businesses. So I don't want to hear about January 6th because you know what CNN never talked about? And my father and I were actually, while I was over in L.A. dealing with my court thing, you know what CNN never did? Discuss the um, riots in Portland. And by the way, the riots in Seattle too. They never discussed that. And they... And one of the signs that I really thought was funny, we cannot be governed. That's what they were carrying. If you thought that because President Biden got elected and got inaugurated that this whole thing is going to end, it's never going to end. And no matter how leftist Biden's policies get, it's never going to end. But you notice 200 people break into Congress And this is the absolute disaster everyone talks about, but they'll never talk about Antifa. They'll never talk about BLM riots, even though Antifa and BLM riots actually caused more damage. They'll never talk about that. There's one more thing I needed to discuss. I know I'm running a little long, and this is just a recent thing that I found out today. Now, a little bit about myself. I love baseball. I'm a huge baseball fan. And one of the things I like about baseball is the statistics in baseball. And um, I always ran statistics. I used to compare and used to come up with the greatest baseball players in history. And there was one man who always was number one. And a lot of people, Barry Bonds and and Sammy Sosa and and, um, uh, Babe Ruth. and No, the number one 
was always, as far as my statistics went, was always Henry Aaron, Hank Aaron. Well, Hank Aaron died today at the age of 85. And I am thrilled. And if you don't remember, his 715th home run, which broke Babe Ruth's record, was hit against the Dodgers. And the Dodgers actually had their own fantastic announcer announcing the 715th home run. So I'd like you to listen to this. Listen to Vin Scully announcing the home run by Hank Aaron, number 715. And rest in peace, Hank Aaron. Once again, a standing ovation for Henry Aaron. So the confrontation for the second time. Aaron walked in the second inning. He means the tying run at the plate now. So we'll see what Downing does. Al at the belt delivers, and he's low, ball one. And that just adds to the pressure. The crowd booing. Downing has to ignore the sound effects and stay a professional in pitchers' game. One ball and no strikes. Aaron waiting. The outfield deep and straight away. Fastball is a high drive into deep left center field. Buckner goes back to the fence. It is gone. in the deep south for breaking a record of an all-time baseball idol. And it is a great moment for all of us, and particularly for Henry Aaron. What a great moment. What an absolute great moment. Um, these are the moments that should be celebrated, but they're not. Um, rest in peace, Hank Aaron, again. And uh, we're going to miss you. And the only thing more beautiful about that 715th home run is that it was called by one of the greatest announcers in history. And by the way, why was he calling it? Why was Vin Scully calling that home run? Because the Dodgers played the Braves when he hit that home run. And I tell you, I'm sorry to have that kind of home run hit, hit against your team. Fantastic. I, I just... I get chills hearing that whole thing. And I remember him running around the bases and two white guys ran out onto the field. And he he said, Hank Aaron said he was scared. He didn't know what those people were there. Because you got to remember, this was at a time where racism was still around. But those two white guys just wanted to pat him on the back. And he walked around the bases and he finished. And it was a celebration. And it was a beautiful moment. Um, this is where sports are kind of like an important thing. Okay. Well, 
with that being said, you can, uh, I'd say you can follow me on Parlor. You still can now, at Dumbasses Talking Politics. You want to follow me on Twitter, go read my handle and you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, you can download or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, and YouTube. You can visit my website at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. And I can you see all the links that I looked at, that I came up with this stuff. I hope you enjoyed today. Have a great weekend. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Thank you.